The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free gaming community website at enjin.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Those Guys with Ships show, the Versecast Community Podcast. My name is John Abraham for the second time. I am Jimmy Croker for the second time. I'm Ace Azamine for the first time. And I am TGWS Gleep. And we are Those Guys with Ships. This is episode 49 of our community podcast. Today is October 19th, 2945 Standard Earth Time. Ronald Jenkins, Magnetic Moment, it's the song, it's the intro off, outro track, it's off of his 2012 album Days Away, which can be found along with all of his other fine music at www.ronaldjenkins.com. Next week we're going to have a new song. Don't know what it is yet, but we'll figure that out. First time in those guys with ships history. First time ever in the history of the show. We're at episode 49, first time it ever happened. What, that I happen to have a false start? We're peeling back the curtain now? <laughs> Every single minute, episode, huh? for, for 49 episodes, we've just pressed record, we've recorded the show, and we stopped recording, and that was it. We've never gone back in and edited, or had a false start, or even lost a show, somehow, magically. But when we get Ace in here... Everything just I just hits screw the fan. everything up, don't I? <laughs> Get used to it. I'm here to cause trouble. Oh god, we even had that one episode where th- everything went to hell, and we uh, we just kept recording and carried on anyway. Oh yeah, carried on anyway. Yeah. Yep, yep, totally. Yeah, so Isn't that every right. episode? So uh, <laughs> good point. <Yeah. laughs> good point. So Ace, uh, have you seen uh, The Martian? Yes, I have. So, Gleep and I were talking about it earlier. John hasn't seen it yet, so no spoilers. But how would you rate The Martian to Gravity? Oh, better. Definitely you better. Think, you think The Martian was better? Yeah, I do. Um, Interesting. For a number, number of reasons. Number one, it's definitely more accurate, scientifically mm-hmm. speaking. Okay. Um, it has a lot more levity, comedy, and warmth to the film. Um, and it didn't make me seasick the first time I saw it. I understand that I went to go see Gravity with my wife at OMSI, and at OMSI they have a massive IMAX projector screen system. So those scenes when Sandra Bullock is tumbling through space, breathing heavily into her helmet, you can imagine I got a little uncomfortable. I can dig it. Well, there you go, Gleep. We got... um, I I really like The Martian a lot. I would say it was on par with Gravity, but I would say that Gravity was a little bit better movie-wise because it, it had a little more tension. Um, mm. And and I think and Gleep I think liked Gravity a little bit more. And I think Gleep, you said it was probably 
like a, just a perfect film. Gravity. It was a perfect film, yeah. Yeah, and I can't I can't argue that point. But it's an interesting perspective, um, Ace, and I, and and to some extent, I would agree with you that that in in the respect of a little bit more levity, a little bit more accurate to science, um, the Martian would would definitely take the lead on that. Yeah. Well, no, I mean because the whole premise of the movie is based on a falsehood. I mean that that wind could not exist on Mars. That That's was true. Blow the ship over. So I mean, from the get go, I mean, it's it's like, well, if we just throw reality out the window and create this crisis that couldn't happen, then okay, we have a story. Right. Well, and it is it is the inciting incident, and it is there is that one moment that is sort of the the bit that you have to uh, swallow in terms of of inconsistencies. But the math and the science behind how he survives on Mars is much more solid than what happens in gravity only because a lot of the things that happen in gravity wouldn't be possible with the distances that were traveled um the iss the chinese space station and the orbiter position of the hubble are all wildly different and in are you know much different orbit heights and in much different places in, uh, on the planet relative to each other so you can't just sort of float from one to the other especially not on a single astronaut's air pack uh, so there's stuff like that that's a little goofy. Granted, there is some super fancy future technology uh, in terms of the ships that they're using uh, to get to and from Earth, but the gravity assist sling, uh, some of the stuff that Watney does to survive, uh, that's all real hard science. Uh, and, and the reason why I can say that is because the book was originally written as a uh, basically a, a scientific blog exercise, and so the writer wrote these entries over uh, a period of several months and then was eventually pressured into turning it into an actual book by his fans, and he did so. That became the book The Martian. So mm. there are long pages of science in that book that are just like, here's, the, here's how much food he has, here's what the atmosphere like is on Mars, here's his resources, here's the math that he uses to make this work. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got Sandra Bullock, zero-G in her underwear versus poop potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Ace, what's going on in the loop? Well, I feel like we should have an episode where that's all you hear for the entire hour. Just a bunch of that over and over again. <laughs> Looped, you might say. Um... So, uh, you may notice a conspicuous lack of notes. I've officially reached zero ace for notes. It's happened. My notes are now as concise as they can ever be. Um, (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Okay. um, And the reason is because our topic is something that we have no context for yet, and that is flying with large ships. Um, And I I mostly chose this topic to capitalize on the footage we saw at CitizenCon with 2.0. Um, and I wanted to get a, a discussion going uh, a little bit about what we were seeing in CitizenCon and how you know, difficult or simple or what how our, our combat practices will need to adjust to accommodate for flying with larger, slower, and in some cases, heavier armed vessels. Okay, I'm down with that. I got a constellation, so let's do it. Yeah, I, thought, I thought you might. I've got a retaliator myself, so... I'm very curious to see how this works. Um, the first thing that came... Excuse me. Burped. I apologize. Um, the first thing that came to mind was uh, naval. And that's mainly because 
uh, you know, at most of science fiction, a lot of ships come from a naval background. That's partly why we call them ships and not, I don't know, uh, flying ha- uh, runways um, or or airplanes or, or I guess maybe space planes would be the more accurate terminology. Hmm. Um, and in Navy, you have wide varieties of vessels, everything from small uh, patrol, you know, PT patrol boats to something that is maybe akin to what a retaliator or a um, constellation would be, uh, like littoral combat ships. These are, um, they're not battleships, but they're, uh, they're bigger than your average PT boat, and they're heavier armed, uh, and they're designed to do combat in shallow waters. Um, and they're often, they often move in groups. They often have support either in the form of troops or small ships with them, and they often travel in large fleets. So I was sort of wondering, you know, how are we going to maneuver with fighters uh, to either protect or assist these sort of ships? Uh, yeah, because they're not going to have the turn radius. They're not going to have no. the agility. Um, no. they, they are, in, in some respects, going to have to fly like a boat. Right. Well, and they will have... There has been some discussion about the speed because a lot of a lot of uh, heavier battleships don't have great turn radiuses, but they are very fast when they get up to full speed, right? Um, because they have you know super heavy engines, so you might end up with scenarios where these ships are either mostly at rest so that they can maneuver to some degree, or they are moving at at under full power. Um, uh, moving in and out of a battle space. Well, I wonder how decouple is going to relate to that too. I mean, that's going to—I think that's going to be very helpful if you need to do a hard turn, uh, let's say to port, right? Um, to, so that you can get your guns trained on somebody. But you better have a whole lot of room in front of you, next to you, and uh, behind you, so that you can uh, manage that turn once you recouple. Right. Well, because you'll be start—you'll do—you'll be sliding essentially. Right. 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 As you know. You know those 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 pesky laws of physics indicate that once a force has uh, been acted upon an object until it sufficient force pushes it in a different direction, it's going to go in the direction it was going. Right. Um, I wonder. I wonder what um, at uh, let's see below. I guess it would be below super or hyper super cruise. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so there's. There's there is docking speed, which is like really minuscule, very fine control, mm-hmm. sort of the same thing you have in Elite Dangerous. There's SCM, space combat maneuvering, which is basically what we have in um, Arena Commander presently. Well, mm-hmm. both both of those are currently in Arena Commander, right? Well, mm-hmm. the 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 landing mode flight. will engage, but you're still firing your thrusters at combat power. Um, the in in the the demo the little training like like a setup that they had that they that they have in game um, at the very beginning of that when you're first moving your gladius out of the hangar that's supposed to be the you know landing light light maneuvering system um, but they don't really have it I mean if you're in free flight and you push down on your thrusters, you are liable to bounce your ship against the deck and basically shatter everything. I've done it a couple of times. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, okay. Uh, but then they have that, then they have super cruise, and then the, the full the quantum drive. 
So most combat will be done at at uh, I think yeah I think the system is set up so that all combat is supposed to be done at the uh, medium rather than medium the the just above um, what's it the uh, landing mode the space combat maneuver. Now, Ace, when, when, what we saw in the demo, the the, uh, the quantum drive, isn't that the super cruise? And then jump would be the the fastest. Well, there, there. From what I understand, there is supposed to be a a, a a level in between there when you're jumping across an entire star system. Because uh, I thought what we what we've seen demoed um, is um, actually in the demo <laughs> uh, is uh, speeds one, two, and three, and that what we still haven't seen yet is uh, four. Is, is four right, yeah. is the actual quantum? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, super cruise doesn't that get you? Yeah, like uh, Ace was saying that that gets you um, to cross the system in a reasonable amount of time. Right. Uh, well, no, we saw that. What we're because we went across the system just like boom. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, we what, haven't what, seen quantum jumping. We haven't seen between intra system or inter system right. uh, speed. Um, yeah, there's so. supposed to be one that's supposed to be, be supposed to be between planets. Like if you're if you're just going from one planet to another inside a system, and you have to make a straight line jump, there's supposed to be some sort of speed like Super Cruise from Elite Dangerous that right. is. That is one higher than just the quantum jump that we saw oh. in the demo. Oh, okay. And then after that is then um, uh, the the wormhole jump. Well, gates. in in second gear, I wonder how fast a javelin would be. We know like a hornet tops out at two hundred meters right. per second. I wonder what a javelin would be if you were to kind of circle back to your. A description of large battleships being able to go fairly quickly once they got up to full speed. That's a good question. I mean, and, and there's a question about, you know, whether, you know, oftentimes that kind of speed is used to either get into or get out of a battle. Because, again, these ships are so heavy that you can't maneuver. It's not like a dogfighter. You can't you can't spin on a dime. Right. Uh, so I would imagine that, that once they're under speed, they may be traveling at... at say 270 probably closer to speeds like a uh um uh the m50 something along those lines huh. but it's all wow. in a straight line it there's oh, there's interesting no you know break you can break probably but that there's nothing going to be you can't turn in that sort of thing and you would never want to try and turn at speed like that because your turn radius is going to be the size of the map and you're going to run right. into something trying to do that um, and would probably, I would imagine, take a long time to get up to that kind of speed, too. Again, these battleships, they can go really fast, but it gets, takes a long time to push that mass up to that speed. It also takes a long time to spin them down, too. Yeah, that, well, that was, yeah, that's the, that's the other problem, is, is once you get going that fast, coming back around and slowing down is a huge problem. Yeah, you, you need to know, you need to be able to judge, you know, the distance relative to your speed to be able to drop the, that speed. You may you may be halfway to your destination and you have to start reducing speed. Right. The fame a lot of a lot of uh, sci-fi authors talk about ships that travel at, at you know fractions of c. They they are constantly accelerating up until the halfway point and then they turn around and now they are constantly deaccelerating as they as they uh, approach their their destination. Right. Yeah. No. It makes total sense. So that means that we are only going to have our tray tables down for like one second. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. For the for the for the really big ships. Yeah. 
So. I don't think I don't think this is going to affect you know your uh, your constellations. No, your, you but know, a javelin it, it certainly would. A javelin Javelins are will, supposed yeah. to be huge ships that are that are. I mean, they're battleship size. Yeah, and a fully laden uh, hull D. I would imagine you're going to have the yeah. same same issue because you've got so much weight on that ship, especially you know with all the cargo. So, I could imagine that there will be some scenarios where instead of trying to, if you know, if pirates show up and decide to attack you, instead of trying to slow down and defend your cargo, you just throttle up further, and you try and just you just outpace them. That won't always work. I mean, if you're especially if you're caught between jumps, you'll have to deploy fighters, and the fighters will have to basically bracket and box around the uh, the convoy or the, the larger ship to defend it while it maneuvers t- uh, towards the trajectory for the next jump. But you could, uh, in the what you're describing, is it's possible that you could outpace your own fighters, though. That's true. That Well, and that's the thing, is that you'd have to call them back before you left. Or, or in, uh, intend, if they had jump drives, that they could, once the ship has jumped out of space, that they could fend themselves off, off whatever they're fighting, right. and they could jump separately. Rendezvous. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Because I've I've wondered about you know like my my Starliner, like what what is it going to be like flying that? You know, I'm I'm I know it's not going to be like anything that we have now. I'm not going to be able to decouple and spin around like a like a wild dervish. You know. Well, and you won't. Um, you also you also don't have a whole lot of guns. You're, it's it's not a it's not a combat designed ship. It's not really def- designed to defend itself all that well either. I think you have. You've got a couple of big guns on it, but you only have a couple of guns, right? Well, I, but but I've got a drink drink master. That's true. You do have a drink master. Yeah. Does so. that thing have one big gun? I think it? that's right. I think it has, and I, and that might only be on the military variant, right? Or the you know that. So it could be like that the um, that the passenger liner has no weaponry, which will be why it's so important to have uh, have friends with ships that do have guns to right. uh, to escort. I think I think every ship has at least because even the Hull series have um, some have gun mounts. Some gun mounts. It's just mm-hmm. that it's you know like um, I think I'd seen like auto auto cannons on a couple of uh, a couple of ships. You know what I mean? So they're kind of like flat cannons where you know if if you've got a dumb enough pilot that's you know that flies into its crosshairs, it's, it's going to take it out with one shot. But they're really slow and they're really not super accurate. Yeah. Yeah, so it's I, I I think it's it's an interesting idea, you know. Um, I mean, how how are we, um, you know, how is the piloting experience going to be different than what we're doing now? Is there going to be is it going to be more turn based? Is not the right word, but is there going to be more um, strategic rather than tactical flying, where you're inter- interfacing with a navigation computer of some sorts and entering in. Uh, commands and then you know executing a batch of of uh, commands uh, to pilot the ship and then just kind of you know maybe doing minor adjustments with thrusters. Yeah, well, I think I think they had kind of alluded to that with the with the bigger ships with you know with the Idris type uh, ships. I don't think I I have a feeling that ships like the Starliner um, to some extent are going to fly. Uh, to some extent, are going to fly like the smaller ships, mm. um, you know. In in that the you know you can still turn, but it's just going to be you know um, quantifiably more sluggish. 
Um, like so, to the point where it puts it out of the running to be a combat ship. But you know, you can still basically fly it like you would fly a single uh, seater ship. You just have to account for the fact that it's going to be slower. Um, that there is going to be that you are going to need some time to, to slow down and speed up. Um, I think that the, the big jump is going to be when you get into those frigate size uh, ships. When yeah. you get into your, um, you know, like the science, uh, the Endeavor. You know, right. when you when you start getting into ships that are that large, then then I think you have to fly completely different. Like I think, um, I think that the Constellation, for example, or the Retaliator, um, there are definitely going to be different flight mechanics and combat. Or I think there's going to be definitely different combat mechanics because you've got your gunners and the ships aren't as maneuverable as the fighters. But I think that the basic flying from point A to point B, flying around, is going to be relatively the same. Well, the one thing you are going to have to account for is also gunner positions. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, both the that's, Retaliator yeah. and the Constellation have guns sitting in different locations, so the way you maneuver your ship to get your turrets in line with enemy fighters is going to differ depending upon what you're flying. And communication with the crew is key. Um, you know, that was one of the things that was so disappointing. Um, Star Wars Galaxies, the multi-crew ships, um, they really failed um, at the ability to um, interact. What ended up happening was the, the pilot had to just fly in a straight line. And that was all he could do. And the gunners basically just had to wait for ships to come to them. And uh, I'm really hoping that we see a little bit more depth um, and a little bit more... Uh, Gameplay for the pilot. Well, we we already have. I mean, in in uh, the sort of the impromptu uh, sessions we've had in free flight, where we've you know gone in and uh, jumped in, uh, yeah. folks, super hornets. You know, it's it's definitely more um, uh, interactive than that, or or more, I guess, tactical. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and they showed in the demo, the, the two demo, there was a definite indication that the HUD had been advanced. Um, that the the targeting reticles for the guns had lead pips on them, which in the very first iteration of this, where you could get into somebody's uh, back seat, there was no other indicator. You could fire the right. guns and move them, but you had no idea whether or not your shots would hit or not. Well, and I think if I remember correctly, and it's been a while, I think that that was the big one of the biggest issues with the multi-crew ships in Star Wars Galaxies, um, in, in that the pilot could see what was coming his way, but the gunners couldn't. And so you basically had to just fly straight and wait for something to, to pass in the gunner's line of sight. Right. Yeah. It's, I think it's, you know, how interesting would it be to have a role in the game as bar pilot? Bar pilot? Yeah. Like, you know, in, uh, in uh, container shipping, I mean, uh, you, 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 go, you, you come over with a, a huge container um, to San Francisco Bay... You don't come under the Golden Gate Bridge. You have to stop outside of the bay, and then a bar pilot goes out and navigates your ship into port. Oh, so somebody who knows the port and knows where to put the ship does that for you? Right, right. That might be the case with those larger ships. That very well might be the case. That would be cool. I mean, well, I wonder how much of that will be computer controlled. I would. I could definitely see larger ships when they move into port having to slave the controls over to basic what amounts to as ATC and ATC remotely guides them in. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of what they're they're going to be doing even with the smaller ships. 
Yeah. Well, we saw that in that demo of uh, the, right. the Hornet landing at Nix, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, interesting. Well, no, I'm, I'm excited for big ships. I, I, oh, I am too. I've, I've, and there was a glitch for 1.3 that allowed people who had retaliators to briefly fly them. Um, oh, wow, really? I will find the footage for you guys, and we can put it in the show notes. Um, and you aren't able to do anything. There's no HUD. But the ship was flyable, and the animations played on the ship when you maneuvered. So that much does exist. Wow. Did you, did you, were you able to do that? I've, I've tried to follow the exploit, for what, lack of a better term, as to how it happens. Um, but I've not had much luck with it uh, in the PTU. Mm. When I when I've tried, my game crashes. So, yeah. but the footage gonna, is amazing to see the retaliator sort of float and zip around Broken Moon. It's going to be really cool when uh, 2.0 co- goes live and like, you know, for example, I I am more of a multi cruise ship. I'm a Constellation pilot more than I am a single seater pilot. So it's going to be interesting and fun to see how we all work together. How. A constellation pilot and a retaliator pilot relate to our squadron, relate to our our aces and our yellow stags, um, and our avi physics, and 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 how we're all going to work together, and how uh, we're going to be able to bring to bear heavier firepower, but you're going to be able to bring to bear more maneuverability, and you know, doing things like, um, you know, bringing like having pirates chase you across our bow. You know what I mean? So that we can lay heavy fire down on them. Um, stuff like that's going to be really cool to play with. Oh, definitely. Well, and and this is something else to, to tie into our topic from last, uh, the last in the loop segment. Well, last, but the before last segment we did about communication. Um, we're going to have to really sit down and figure that out. How yeah, we're going to totally. do communication between totally. the pilots and single fighters, the pilots and their crew, and the gunners... Uh, aboard all these ships and how to make sure that they can all communicate to each other and make it all happen without it sounding like an absolute uh, chaos and mess of voices. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, we've uh, Johnny has already instituted uh, Task Force Radio for Arma discussions for, for Arma gameplay. This is a, a mod for Arma that basically simulates the multi-channel radio system of the, uh, of the military with, complete with separate channels for separate squads. Uh, as a way to sort of manage the growing number of people we've had playing Arma together. Because there have been scenarios where it's been like that, where it's just like five or six people trying to speak all at once, trying to give orders or enemy positions, and it becomes difficult to differentiate what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, 2.0. I think that's really, you know, once we have that sandbox to play in, where we're not not either restricted to free flight or... um, or, or uh, game play, if you will, uh, and we have multi crew as well. Um, it's going to be. It's going to be. Uh, I think we're really going to be able to start kind of dialing all of that stuff in and uh, really dig deep. And it's going to be real a lot of fun, man. I'm really yeah. just. I've said it before. I'm very excited for 2.0. Um, and speaking of which, uh, who has played uh, 1.3? Because I haven't done anything on the PTU. And what are your thoughts? Driving buggies around our corp is fun. I haven't been able to get mine to work. Really? I, yeah. Um, it's I, it's it's hellish out there, man. Be careful. You step out. Of, <laughs> you step out of that over. door, and you take your life in your own hands, man. That's funny. I, That's right. I, I live in California. 
I got into Art Corp, and it it seemed like a po- an apocalyptic event because like <laughs> there was there was a gray cat sitting there. It was completely wrecked. Like it was on fire, sparks coming out of it. So I jumped in it immediately. <laughs> I had to drive that thing, and some guy like jumps in on the 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 second seat. Um, which I didn't know you could do. I didn't know that was a possibility. So that's cool to see. But I drove like 20 feet. And for some reason I remember the sky being red. Like the it was the end of days. And then my client crashed. No. Well, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I loaded in my first time I loaded into the PTU. Because I'd heard about that you could drive buggies around. And there was a rumor that they would explode if you hit them too hard. Um, and I, I loaded into to Art Corp, walked out the spawning room, like the little the little uh, uh, airlock where they check your basically check your baggage. And as I walked out, a buggy went zipping right past me and then hit the wall like to my right and exploded <laughs> in fantastic fashion. Like, well, all right, nice. here we are. Welcome to the PTU. I'm a little cool. disappointed though because it looks like they have removed or greatly nerfed the boost on the gray cat which used to be kind of insane and i really like you don't really need it honestly yeah i I know you don't need it destructive i know i know but it was so much fun boosting i was you could get a little bit of air from uh in the asteroid hangar if you went down the didn't they have ramps and stuff in there at one point they did have ramps yeah yeah yeah. the very beginning they had ramps with like fire rings rings, yeah yeah and then like right when i got my gray cat they updated the hangers and i never got to experience that stuff they even had a shooting range there and that stuff isn't there anymore i'm surprised they haven't added that yet on that for the first time like wow those pack a punch yeah gleep you had a chance to uh to check out the new lighting effects yeah I, yes, I, I I really liked the uh, the lighting in the uh, the Selfland hangar, uh, which uh, I, I then and I think it was the Revel in York. I did not uh, pop into that one and see what that looks like, but um, I thought that it was much improved. You know, as uh, as seen on TV or ATV <laughs> to be. Do you have uh, Do you have the asteroid hangar? Yeah, I went back to the asteroid hangar just because I like it so bad. So let me ask you then, because this this was really the question I had was the Selfland. Hanger was that an improvement beyond what the asteroid hanger looks like, or was it an improvement to bring it up to the same level as the asteroid hanger? Um, I would say uh, video or you know video quality fidelity fidelity yeah a fidelity uh, higher than uh, than the asteroid hanger. Okay, so do you, so then do you think that this is something cuz what I was wondering was is this something that they're going to eventually do for all hangers or was this to get those hangers up to the level of some of the other hangers? I didn't you know notice I mean? much in the asteroid hanger. Yeah, the asteroid hanger it looks unchanged. Yeah. No, no, well, no, they haven't they haven't done anything to that one yet. Oh. Uh that was what I was curious about cuz the only the only hangers that they did uh these improved lighting passes on were Selfland and Revel in York. Right. So the question in my mind was was that to bring them up to the same level as the other hangers or is this the next step and the other hangers will get this pass as well? The latter. Yeah, I expect they'll get that they're that they're going to be continually upgrading the hangers and making them look better. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, because the, the what I saw image wise, Selfland looked absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. I I don't like it though because it doesn't it. You have to. It's a long, thin hanger, and uh, with small ships, you know, it it's it kind of looks silly. Well, it doesn't um, feel very homey either. Well, it is well, Selfland. I mean, it's basically like a cardboard box in terms of like quality. It's not yeah, fancy yeah, totally. at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the the and we had mentioned on the previous show that they were had said in, in uh, reverse the verse that they were uh, going to give folks access to all of the um, uh, the new weapons and uh, the uh, the ships that are able to equip them in one point three and I have not been able to do that. I tried to uh, find size four weapons to mount onto my cutlass and uh, I couldn't find my cutlass to be to begin with um, and nor could I find any size four weapons to mount upon it. Um, so the first thing you have to do is you have to quote unquote buy them from the PTU UEC store for a zero UEC because it's all, it's all test environment mm. and once you've purchased them they'll, then they'll appear in your PTU hangar holotape. yeah that's a separate website yeah no I, I yeah I looked there and I didn't see them I'll go back and look again um, I have seen them in action and they are hilarious are they? because you can mount them to a cutlass or a super hornet and they hit so hard that along with in, with imparting like actual system damage there's enough physical force to send ships reeling and spinning. Oh, well, it's hilarious! Nice. Like every time you you see one of these guys fire, and his target just goes spinning like a top off into the off into the distance. Um, oh, so I was like, wow, that and it, they look they have a very distinct profile sitting uh, sitting up there because they it there's no turret it's just a giant single cannon. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I will. Uh, I will look at the PTU store again. I mean, I don't. I don't know why I care, but you know, it just it would be fun to. to uh, it's worth fun. It's worth being able to blast somebody around with a giant gun. Yeah, yeah totally. everybody loves giant guns. What yeah, um, do you have to be able to hit them though? And I can't do that. Did they? Did they up the uh, the weapon mount on the cutlass? I don't remember it being able to take. So a size the way four. this works. Um, this is so. So the idea is that this is the ultimate expression in fixed guns. They've talked about having mount sizes where uh, you can either have, um, you know, a mount is either a certain size of a pair of uh, uh, turretable guns that can be controlled by another player, or you have a fixed fixed weapon system of some kind, and so. The turret system uh, removes the the turreted ball on the Hornet and the tur- the large scale turret on the Cutlass, and replaces it with a single plug with a gun that's fixed on top of that plug. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty intense. So, so this would and it's almost controlled be by a, the, the pilot. So this would almost be like a like a sniper. Oh yeah, weapon. definitely, definitely. I mean, I mean, it depend upon what they do for the ranges and the impact. Yeah, this would be something that you would not. This is not something that you try and fly around in the in the thick of battle in a in a turning fight with a gladius, unless you've got, you know, unless you're Luke Skywalker who can, uh, you know, anticipate and pinpoint where his target's going to be in the next ten seconds. Right, you would never right. be able to hit a, a fast moving fighter with it. That said, I still cannot wait for the day when some poor hapless fighter happens to fly in front of an Idris railgun at just the right moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll be fun. 
Oh, and you know, since the the second patch on the on the PTU, I can't even get into Arc Corp at all. I go into the elevator and, and I get the I get the loading screen, and then my client crashes. Well, they put time. out another new patch today. Oh, did they? Okay, just, well, just I'll, today. I'll go so, check it out and see. Uh, and from the notes that I saw, it was a lot of stability fixes. Oh, yeah. good. Well, that's well, because you know. Ben said, and um, you know, I think he put it best as he frequently does that the buggies are buggy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and they did the um, they did they did the stress yeah 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 they Got did it. the uh, the the stress <laughs> test on Sunday as well. Did anybody participate in that? I, who I talked to couldn't get in. Uh, I was uh, not available. I was busy getting groceries at the time, so. Gotcha. Well, hopefully, you know, if they just didn't, if they just dropped another patch, hopefully they they got a lot out of that stress test. And um, is, there's no indication as to when this is going to go live yet. No. Yeah. The nice thing about the PTU, though, at, at the very least, is that there is content and changes coming from CIG. It's one thing I like about right, the PTU right. is that that you get a sense that they are actively working on stuff with each iteration of the PTU releases. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, and, and I, you've seen at least two patches to date, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I would assume that you know they'll they'll get a couple more, two, three more in, get everything to where it's stable and playing well, and then it'll go to live. So, which which is the way it should be, obviously. You know, um, more buggy on PTU, less buggy on live. So yeah, but but either way, more buggies, just <laughs> buggy buggies. <laughs> Oh, Buggier oh. buggies. So funny, both of you. I'm very impressed. It's the highest form of humor, Ace. Speaking of the community, what's been going on in the community from around the <laughs> interverse? First, first. You first. stuck that landing, Leap. Way to stick yeah. that landing. Yep, you did stick that landing. Me, me and Mary Lou Retton. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff around the internet. Uh, from Twitter, uh, over at the uh, Those Guys with Ships hashtag, the TGWS, uh, Gleep wins a fruit basket. Congratulations, Gleep, on your, <laughs> on your delicious, delicious fruit basket for Thank exactly you. predicting when point or 1.3.0 would go live to PTU. Uh-huh. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Yeah, you, well, had, you had photographic proof in everything. Well, I think uh, I think that now that I have a fruit basket, I have to go work for Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Umaroth posted a uh, video where someone basically animated some Legos, uh, Darth Vader, trying to get food at the Death Star cafeteria, and the animation is set to uh, Eddie, Izzard, Eddie Izzard's uh, or Izzard's, uh stand-up bit where he talks about Darth Vader trying to get food at the cafeteria in the Death Star. It is very funny. <laughs> I have seen that bit. It's hilarious. Yeah, I love Eddie Izzard. He's, he's very, very clever and very sharp. And um, if you have a chance to check it out, uh, definitely go see it. Uh, or def- you know, definitely go check out the post in the hashtag. Uh, Umar, thank you. I hadn't seen that before, and it was hilarious. You do sort of wonder, like... As well as being a giant super weapon, it is still a giant space station. So I feel like somewhere in the Death Star, there is a, a, a park, like like a traditional like park where you can sit and hang out. Well, like, and there there's got to be, be malls and stuff in there too. I just it there has like, to be a cafeteria. Yeah, at the very least, I mean, you got thousands of soldiers on board that thing. Yeah, well, but they're soldiers, so I think the the most comfortable they would be. You, 
you would see them is in like a cafeteria. Well, maybe. but you still, I mean, even even on a military base, you've got to deal with HVAC and lighting, and I mean, there's there's along with all of the sort of military stuff, there is still a bunch of logistics and upkeep you got to deal with. Yeah, and but I don't commissary. think I don't yeah. see there being a park or a mall. Yeah, I don't, I, don't I, I would I would agree with John on that. I, I don't see a, a mall or, or a park uh, you know as no, as part of the no. accoutrement. I mean, it is the size of, the, of a uh, small moon. That's true. That is true. But uh yeah, and then uh Tavirus uh joined uh Sunday's uh, PTU stress test. Um didn't really see any feedback from him, but I know he was involved. So we had some of those guys with ships representing, which is always cool. And uh from the uh Star Citizen hashtag uh, you've got uh, Papa Khan's uh, posted a screen cap of his avatar using the new hash, uh, slash rude three emote. Have you guys tried this yet? Is this the is no. this the, the winding box middle finger? Yeah. So apparently, and I love CIG for this. Thank you. Uh, they put in Star Lord's uh, middle finger uh, machine that he did when uh, when they had him uh, up in the lineup. Uh, in right. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, when yep. he, he did the the spiral thing and his middle finger popped up, uh, apparently that is now an emote. It's uh, it's Rude Three. You know that 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 emote has actually showed up in Star Citizen before. Go back the, and watch the Cutlass commercial. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the female pilot in the Cutlass video did it. Yeah. So um, that's Sandy. amazing. I am. Uh, I I cannot wait to use Rude Three. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Popcorn's posted a screen cap of it. So if you want to go check it out, my question uh, is: Is that okay for a T-rated game? Sure, because they yeah. don't they blur it out on TV. Yeah, but I mean the thing is, the game technically the game, it does mean the F word. Uh, the game might end up with an M. I mean, you think you've so? Got, well, you've got narcotics in the game. They're they're talking about potential. Yeah, but if they don't call trading. them anything from real life, well, they, yeah, there's spice in Star Wars and and well, yeah. that was don't even get me started on spice in Star Wars Galaxies. Anyone that played Star Wars Galaxies knows exactly what I'm talking about. That was a huge point of contention with Star Wars. They didn't want it in the game, and eventually it got taken out. Mm. Um, but but Star Citizen. Has a, every every known drug that we have, they have a reference for. Um, for example, uh, color is uh, like basically mushrooms. Um, uh, widow is like heroin. Yeah, but uh, they don't use those names to correlate them to real items. N- no, they don't. But they have the same effects, and they they are the same type of thing. Yeah, but uh, the but the point is, if a child is playing the game they and they those. see these yeah. things they can't correlate them to something real and fair go enough. do them in real life no, fair enough fair enough i i i, I, mean, I will cons- I, I will definitely wonder, see that point i do sort of wonder given what squadron that squadron 42 has dialogue options and like how close to mass effect are we going to get with the storyline for this thing i would think that it'd probably be structured fairly similarly that's what i figured yeah I, I still think that there is there is the potential there for uh, for rated M, um, especially. I mean, they've also talked about. I don't know how they're going to implement this, or if it's just going to be a lore thing. But they have talked about sentient um, uh, cargo hauling or, or slave trading. Um, you know, as like like a really kind of like not a not a obviously not a good thing, but a thing nonetheless that's in the game. So you know, if you've got 
uh, contraband and if you've got narcotics and if you've got, you know, slave trading and you've got emotes that are the middle finger, you potentially might see a, a rated a rated M, not well, a rated T. Rated M does not mean that the game won't do well. I mean, I agree. I agree Halo 100%. 1 was famously an M-rated game and, and dramatically changed the way that video games were seen yeah. during its time. Yeah, yeah and that absolutely. game doesn't... You don't kill any people in those games and... There's no profanity that I can think of. Maybe some right. some little things here and there. Well, it's worth mentioning that Halo 5 is going to have a teen, a teen rating. I know. I noticed that. Every Halo up until Halo 5 has been M until this one. So, I well, don't know. You know, it, it, might, it might be similar to the film industry. I mean, you know, um, the, the, once the rules changed in the 70s, I forget what the name of the act was. My, my wife would know. But once the rules changed in the 70s, films got a lot more graphic, uh, a lot more profanity, a lot more nudity. Um, you know, so I think it was... No, it wasn't the Hayes Act. I have to look it up. But in any case, um, once those rules changed, the... the you know, you had R-rated movies, you had X-rated movies, and, and then more recently you have NC-17 movies. But a PG movie or a PG-13 movie today... Um, was not a PG or PG thirteen movie from the seventies and the eighties. So yeah. maybe things are going to be a little bit more lax, and maybe they still will get a teen rating. Um, but I think either way, I don't think I think I agree with Ace in that I don't think it's going to really affect the end result of the game, whether it's T or whether it's M. So, but um, yeah, and then you know other stuff from the Star Citizen hashtag uh, Star Citizen news. Uh, brought us another cool fan trailer, or at least they're the person that I found that had brought it up. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see it, but it's a cool video. It's it's just, you know, it's a lot of footage re-edited, and, and the music's not bad, and it's just a cool, um, a cool fan-made video. And I love the fan-made videos because it really speaks to the passion of the community. You know, we're all so excited about the game that, you know, we're doing things like editing together, you know... Um, footage that we've all seen and trying to do creative and interesting things with them. So there'll be a link in the show notes for that. Very cool to check out. And then another thing from the Star Citizen hashtag was uh, we saw, um, I don't want to say testimonials, but we saw posts from Gary Ullman, from uh, Ian Duncan, from Mark Hamill, from uh, Julian Anderson, um, all talking about how much fun they had during the mocap session and, and how excited they were to be working with the people that they were working with. And I thought that was a really cool thing to see in that hashtag as well, because um, they all basically you know, had something positive to say, and they all said it in the Star Citizen hashtag. Yay. Yeah, yeah, so very cool stuff. Uh, Twitter in general, uh, the base is crushing it um, with CIG interviews lately. Did you hear about the interview that they did with uh, Jared Disco Lando Huckabee? No. I, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. I, I just, I, I, I haven't been able to get to it. But from what I heard, it's profoundly laced, it's very funny, and it's also very candid. Um, and people have been raving about how good uh, an interview it was, both from Jared and from um, I think it's uh, I think it was Rico that was that was doing the interview. Um, and apparently it was a lot of fun and uh, really, really worth checking out. And then I guess this week they have Darian and they have Eric on. So well, go how, base. How, how do you go how do you go back and listen to it? I mean they they don't have on demand Oh, that's right. They don't. Um, I, I'm gonna. I'll have to do some research and find out because I thought that there was something on Reddit for it. So maybe you can listen to it again. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to find out. Um, hopefully, we didn't miss it permanently because that would be a bummer. Because I heard it was really good. Uh, and then again, this week they've got uh, Darian and Eric on, so I would definitely say uh, go check out you know the base and see what what their schedule is. So that if it is only done live, you have an opportunity to check it out. All right. And then uh, Mr. Combustible is uh, continuing along his development with the heavy marine armor. Uh, it's just really he's killing it, man. I don't even want to compete with him at you know the 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 official uh, CIG cosplay events because wow. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I thought that's that is impressive. Yeah, yeah, he's doing uh, he's doing a test fit now, and uh, there are there are pictures up on his stream that uh, range from shots of the boots, to shots of the grenades, uh, shots of the weapons, and a picture of him. In uh, the chest piece, the helmet, the um, the bracers, and uh, holding a rifle, and he's just killing it. I mean, I gotta ask really. in that picture: Are those intentional replace me textures beneath the armor? No, I think that's just a, a t-shirt he's wearing. Okay, it looks like it looks like the red and black, like and white replace me textures <laughs> that they use for that uh, placeholder items. That would be funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, no, I think it's just a t-shirt. But still, I mean, he's just killing it. I really cannot wait to see what that heavy marine armor looks like when it's fully painted and fully decked out. And It's just a nice job, man. It's a nice job. Over at uh, the uh, Star Citizen uh, official RSI over at the Hub, uh, some people have posted a couple of really cool practical maps for the Ark. Have you guys had a chance to look at any of these? These are amazing. Oh, my God. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, practical maps that pilots can, can uh, like paper maps that pilots can print out and, and use. They're functioning. And I just, the time and the energy put into this stuff is just incredible. Yeah. The idea was like, this is a map that you could use if your hollow, if your if your nav, your nav computer went dead. Here's a, right. an idea of what the system would look like. And there's, there's two in particular that I picked out that I thought were really cool, and we'll have links in the show notes. The first one was realistic SC paper maps from uh, for captains slash pilots by Nerd King. Uh, and then the other one was uh, simplified uh, topographical star map by uh, Academus. Uh, both are really cool. Both are very different. Both are absolutely worth checking out. And then last but not least from uh, The Hub was uh, a continuation of Star Citizen propaganda posters, and I think these are actually better than the first ones. They did... Pretty um, cool. Yeah, oh, wow. they, they did, like, the first one, the Anvil Aerospace one, is very kind of, uh, very reminiscent of, like, like old Russian propaganda posters with the very hard lines and the very um, muted colors. colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, these are great. Oh, my... I yeah. love the painterly style that some of these have. Very 1940s. Oh yeah, totally. Like I, I would, I would love to be able to print out one or two of these like full size and, and hang them in my office. They're just so cool. And then of course, you know, the, the classic uh, "We Can Do It," Rosie the Riveter, uh, with uh, Sandy's head superimposed over top of it. Fantastic. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that that this is a better, and, and this is Star Citizen propaganda posters take two by Mandrake. So I think Mandrake was the one that did the first round. Um, and I think these are just hands down better and just fantastic. I mean, good job, man. Very, very cool. Like I said, I would love to print a couple of these out and hang them at my office. They're just that cool. The and Empire we'll have... needs you. More production. Pledge now and do your part. Yep. That is awesome. Buy it war is bonds. very cool. 
but yeah, all the links will be uh, in the show notes, so definitely go check them out. Um, I, I am loving the hub. It is a great place to find community content uh, just in general. Uh, go check it out and, and go enjoy it. And John, what is going on over at Versecast.org? Yeah, so Stag posted his controller profile. Um, so if you want to to be able to fly as closely to Stag as possible, then you should use his controller profile. Because as we all know, Stag somehow, amazing pilot with just an Xbox controller. I still uh, don't know how he does that. Yeah, I know. I, like... When I'm flying with my gimbaled weapons and a mouse, I feel like I'm extremely precise. Yet, I basically still cannot go up against Stag. Um, So anyway, he lists the pros and cons of using a controller in the first place. Um, And then he's got the XML file for you to download and uh, load into your own game. So that you can uh, try out his profile. So maybe Gleep, that's something that you'll have to look at. Because you yeah. you still fly with the the gamepad as well, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah, so I guess that works for people. Although some people are still not happy about it. I I I like it. Yeah, I, one of his pros is that you can just sit back um, in your chair and just kind of with your hands in your lap be able to play, and that's something that I really like about controller. And I use my controller for. Any game that I'm not super critical about being exactly precise. As you make you make a good point. Like I, when I sit here with my joystick, I have to get myself set up and situated and yeah. play around. But if I'm playing like Tomb Raider or Halo, sit on my couch, with yeah. control in my hands, yeah. just hang out. Um, yep. Speaking of controlling stuff, Warden posted about Joy to Key, which is a program that lets you map any button on your joystick or controller. Uh, to any key you want. Um, so this is perfect for mapping buttons to your controller or HOTAS um, so that you can map the those buttons to the default keys in Star Citizen. That way when they make an update and all your changes are removed, um, you still have the default layout just mapped to whatever control style you have. Um, so that's Joy to Key, and I think they have a free version that you can download. So that's probably, that would be handy for people that are trying to set that up. Because it seems like every time we have a meetup, there's somebody that is still trying to fix their HOTAS from the last patch. Yeah. So. That is yeah, why I, the, the I have a profile. Was problem last night. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a profile that's saved on my desktop just for that reason. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, so we've kind of been lax on talking about this. I kind of forgot about it, but Oren M. Fletcher sent us a message over on RSI. Um, I'll just read it. Uh, so was listening to this week's show, which would have been like three weeks ago. Loved it, by the way, and heard you guys talking about jump points because I'm a wannabe nerd. I, along with the help of others on the forums, made this document about how we think the classification of jump points should go. Be warned, it's crazy, stupid, long, and there's tons of made-up BS science in there. But I'm hoping CIG would consider using some stripped-down version of this. Let me know what you guys think. Maybe have Avaphysics take a look so he can have a good laugh. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, it's kind of a crazy science-filled document that's super long. <laughs> um, it is a crazy, crazy long document. Yeah, uh, but it seems like there's some interesting talking points in there, and uh, so I'll definitely include that in the show notes, and maybe uh, we could hear. I'll maybe I'll post it on the forums. We could hear what Avaphysic Avaphysics thinks about this. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, because you have the cubed root of the natural log of M. What are you going to do with that? I don't know. Oh, what I know do what you do with that? Plug you it into a calculator. That's what you do you with it. You add it to the square root of the natural log of R. Oh, yeah. That's naturally. <laughs> um, awesome. What hat do you guys wear? Huh? huh? <laughs> what? Avaphysics posted this thread about... Uh, what uh, kind of legal standing you think it'll be in the verse? Um, oh, so he, ver- he, white hat versus black hat. Yeah. Like, ah. So he outlines white hat, gray hat, black hat, and no hat. And I think uh, his definition of each is interesting. Um, so that's a poll that you can vote on. I think most of our guys are leaning towards white hat and no hat. Um, so that was kind of an interesting conversation. So definitely... Check that one out. Um, and then tons of guys with ships are gleeping their ships after sailing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, lots of, lots, lots of gleepsters out there. By the way, the gray hats are winning. My people. My people are taking the lead. Oh, are they? Yep. Nice. Mm, that hats, makes sense. White hat's got four votes. Gray hat's got nine. Black got three. And no hat's got three. Oh, wow. My people. Well, gray hat makes sense. It's the it's the most flexible. Yeah, totally. So so the the white hats will only shoot you a little bit. The white hats. No, the white hats will only shoot you if they absolutely have to. Yeah, exactly. Nah. It's like it's like a neutral evil and uh, and a neutral good versus lawful or lawful lawful good or lawful evil. Right. Yeah. So your white hats are your lawful good. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the, a true gray is neutral, neutral. He doesn't really care what's going on. So whatever. It's all good. Like a Sunday morning, baby. I'm easy. Yeah, like exactly. a Sunday morning. <laughs> They're only going to shoot neutral, you a little neutral. bit. Pregnant pause time. Uh, there we go. silence. Ah, we hadn't had one of those nice in a while. Nice to see that it still exists. Uh, I'm done, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I think I you know, think that's John. The key that might, we're supposed to move on. Might, might have been a good way to kind of maybe maybe put a put a point on the end of that. So oh, um, I thought we were all on the same page here. No, no, we weren't. Maybe, um, maybe that's so that's point all that. that I have from the verse cast <laughs> forums. Over well, to you, Gleep. Maybe we should talk about what's going on in the Be- org. No, we shouldn't. No, yes. <laughs> stop wow. it, Ace. Okay. God. Speaking of. New those guys with ships members. We have two hundred and ten members now. Dang, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, since last time, uh, we had one two, a lot of guys join us. So okay, we're going to go through this real quick. So Valen Trickshot Devereaux joined us. He said, "Love the podcast. Let me in. I have cookies and a carrot. Cookies and a carrot. Need oh, I, I say like more? Cookies. I approve of this. <laughs> yes. So uh, no, you don't. You are on board, sir. Thank you." Kestsa 
joined. Said, found out about Star Citizen through a friend who backed a few years ago right after it came out of Kickstarter. What hooked me was I enjoy flight sim games and MMO games. Um, there's, okay, thank you. No, no, stop doing that because then your, your your name comes up in front of words. Leave it alone. The ships he has are the Gladius 315P and the Aurora LN. Next ship on his list is to get, maybe to get, is the Ghost. All right. Uh, Malyon joined us, said, Hello, guys with ships. I have been a backer of Star Citizen for some time. At the time of this application, I have an Aurora MR starter package, a Gladius with LTI, and a Sabre with LTI. I have a few CCUs stored to get my ships up to ones that are not usually available. I currently am part of a small org that my real-life friends are part of. I have been a listener to your podcast for some time and thought I would apply to your org as my first secondary. Like that. Yay. Yay. First all. Dang. Um, a new. <laughs> well, okay, so it's probably. Okay. Um, interesting <laughs> name of the week. Uh, Stinkfist Z joined us. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Said, I listened to your. Right, maybe it's Stinkfists. <laughs> Either way. Uh, I no, listen. That's, that's an uppercase Z. Well, maybe there's an, 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 an emphasis on the, on the Z. The wrong syllable. Oh, what? An it's emphasis in the wrong syllable. <laughs> oh, I get it. I thought yeah. I was missing on some kind of critical punctuation mark. Yeah, I think we all are, John. They're, they're, they're being cleaver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Very nice. Oh, dear. <laughs> I listen to your podcast often during my long commute. It makes my long drive bearable. I have always been primarily a solo gamer, but have found myself with a 16-man crew Endeavor Master Set. What was I thinking, LOL? I have thought about melting it, but I love it. Can't go it solo anymore. Too much for me without a good group of guys to play with. My schedule is packed with work and life, but the few hours in game I do get, I would like to experience all of Star Citizen, all that Star Citizen has to offer. See you on the inside. Well, I think you will have no problem finding friends to join you on your Endeavor. When they put, put LOL, you're supposed to laugh out loud. Is that what that means? Yeah. Yes. It, do- it doesn't mean lots of love, Gleep. <laughs> Lol. Fortune joined us. A buddy of mine mentioned that Chris Roberts was making a new game via crowdfunding, and I pledged as soon as I could. I got the Freelancer and upgraded it to a Durr when that became an option. Shortly after that, I figured I'd buy something for dogfighting and got the Super Hornet. Then I bought a Hornet Ghost for the times I want to be sneaky. Then I bought a Reclaimer. I couldn't resist. I guess you could say I'm hooked hardcore. I've also bought a few Aurora starter packages for real-life friends. God, this is a great guy. Yeah, totally. I've been li- listening to the show for a few months now and find it to be a level-headed and positive podcast, which is much appreciated. Here's a question for the show. If I run across a valuable wreck as I'm exploring with my freelancer and I come back to it to see what I can salvage in my reclaimer, will the wreck still be there? This is a question about instances. I'm interested to hear what you guys think. So I don't think we... I, I think that it depends upon how long you wait. Yeah. If you yeah. wait, if you wait yeah. too long, it'll be gone. Um, but that uh, I think they have mentioned before... I think this question has come up in 10 for the Chairman before. And what yeah. Chris said is, is that it will be there for a while, but not forever. <laughs> I seem yeah. to remember like 15 minutes or something. If I think, yeah. I think the way it works is if nobody is in the instance anymore... 
then that thing is going to disappear after a few minutes or so. Right. Yes. Well, I think. I, I, yeah, I think that I think the variation on that was I think if it was a player's ship, it would be in long enough for the player to try and reclaim it again if he lost it, and if it's an NPC ship, then it would be in for an indeterminate amount of time. Um, so, but yeah, they'll, they'll definitely be there for a while. I think whether you go in and out of the instance, they'll still be there because it'll be there for other players to find too. Because I remember Chris did say specifically that there would be NPC generated wrecks that will randomly spawn as people populate different instances. Hmm. Cool. So the answer is maybe. <laughs> as with a so many solid, things in Star Citizen, yep, a solid mm-hmm. maybe. And you could take that to the bank. And then today, uh, right before showtime, uh, Captain B.J. Whiten joined us. Is that a reference to something? I don't believe so. It's a classy name. It It is. It is. It's a classy, yeah. He says, greetings, Versecast. Where do I sign? I discovered your excellent and very well-produced podcast a couple of weeks back and have become an avid listener ever since. Your show skillfully manages to combine humor, insightful comments, and informative news from across the verse in a way few other podcasts can. So please do keep up the good work. It's much appreciated. Thank you. I live... Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That was very nice. Flattery will get you everywhere, Captain. <laughs> yes, it will. Um, I live in London, England, so like a few others here, I intend to be flying the Versecast flag while all you Yanks are busy shouting at each other or passed out in front of your computer screens. I'm not America. sure what that means. America. Mer- America. <laughs> Keep an eye out for me. I'll be the one shooting around in my Hornet Ghost trying not to spill hot tea on my joystick. Okay, so why why is it that the day, literally on the last show, why is the day that I, I trade up from my Hornet Ghost to a Saber? Everybody's buying them. Everyone's talking about the Ghost. I don't know. Well, you know, the Saber's also a stealthy ship. I know, that's why I made the change. <laughs> we, 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 were, we were debating the finer points in the last episode, and I just, I know today's the last day, so it was, you know, either... Uh, uh, Makey bot on the toilet or, or get off. So um, <laughs> you see, yeah. you went back there. Yeah, I did go back there. It's it's a what is it? Rocket rocket launch on the toilet. What's what's the new one? Oh, I don't know. I got to go look now. You see, it's not as much fun. Yeah, well, I, I just don't have it committed to, to memory yet. You know, it's, well, it's uh, not as it's, much fun. It's, it's not as much fun because I can't remember have the title. A, a running commentary on what games Jimmy plays while he's waiting for his bowel movements to to finish. Let's Thank go. You. Let's go rocket on the potty. <laughs> is that uh, the whole title? No, the name of the game is Let's Go Rocket. Oh, okay. Does it yeah. specify that it's for playing potty. on the potty? No, it's it's a it's a toilet game. I have games on my phone that are specifically designed to play on the toilet. Oh, okay. You know this. This isn't new uh-huh. news. No, I get it. And my newest one is Let's Go Rocket. What? Well, I think what we're, we're missing here is that English Ben is trying real hard not to spill hot tea on his joystick. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I suggest that if that if he's flying in a Hornet Ghost, invest in a thermos, sir. <laughs> they should have cup holders. I know some of the ships do have cup holders. The Retaliator has a cup holder. Won't that bruise the tea leaves? Mm, what? To, to, no, put the, to, put the tea, you, to put the tea in a thermos. It's, you're bruising depends upon the tea. how you do your tea. I use if tea bags. If you're, tea a bags proper, are fine. if you're a proper English gentleman, I don't think putting tea in a thermos is acceptable. 
That's something Americans do with their coffee. No, you brew it first and then you drink it without the leaves, Jimmy. But but you you're supposed to you're supposed to put the tea in when the water is sufficiently hot with a little slice of lemon in real time. You're not supposed to let the tea sit you for don't, a long time. Yeah, but you have to make sacrifices in space. Yeah, how many, exactly. How many how many Americans can completely screw up the way uh, the proper way English people drink tea? Well, you're the one that thinks they're drinking it with the the leaves inside. Judging by the number of people on this podcast, four, I think. In, in the bag. not They don't actually put the leaves in the tea, but in the tea bag. You don't want to bruise the, the leaves. Gleep, do you think we should move on, maybe? Excellent idea, Ace. The leaves are already ground up <laughs> in the bag. <laughs> They've been bruised fully. New Versecast members over at theversecast.org. Since last time, Kestsa joined us. Have you never noticed that people that join the org also tend to join the website? That's it's funny how that works. Isn't that interesting? Evil Joe joined us, as did Fortune and my new best friend, Mr. Stinkfizz. Stinkfizz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just call him Stinky. All right. So, um, you know, thank you, everybody, for coming and joining. Please uh, do introduce yourself on the forums. Uh, post early, post often. Uh, we we really, I know uh, we have a lot of uh, folks that spend quite a bit of time over there and get to know them. Uh, they're a great bunch of guys, and um, I know it's, um, it's, uh, it's a good place to be. It is. I'm there Indeed. all the time. I think I have, you, are, you are poster number one, aren't you, Dan? I am way too much poster number one (laughs) (laughs) all right so um well last night we had our weekly meetup and uh we uh we ended up playing mostly in live i think because uh the ptu i know for a lot of folks i I think especially since the the stress test in the afternoon was kind of buggy um so i think we had about 10 guys that came out to uh to play and uh, everybody uh, played Star Citizen. I was I was working on show notes for most of the time, so I didn't play much of anything. But um, um, uh, Ace, I know you guys uh, you did a, a bunch of, and John, you were there. You did a bunch of battle royale, and um, yeah, uh, yeah, was um, was was it a good time? Good I, times, yeah. You know, yeah. I really do not care for Capture the Core at all. Why? I just. You know, once the core gets so far away from me, there's, like, nothing I can do. I realize that Ace told us about the weaving in between the trying to cut off your target, whatever. But I have a Super (laughs) Hornet, okay? I'm not fast enough, and I'm not fancy enough. I don't have the fancy footwork, okay? I just need line of sight, and I need to shoot people. And I just don't want to be able to or have to chase people down. So I have a lot of fun in Squadron Battle and uh, the Battle Royale. I just I, like I, killing people. I, I agree with all the things John has just said. Yeah, yeah so... Well, the, no, I, I, I think Capture the Core is by far the superior pew-pew mode of the game and only surpassed by... Uh, Murray Cup Racing. That's just because you're good at running away. Ooh, a stinging <laughs> indictment. No, no, I, I cop to it. I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a Nancy boy. I was doing pretty good last night, to be honest. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. It sounded yeah, like you, you were, were dominating. Butt. I think I went 13-3 one game. I think I got over 20 kills in another game. But Nice. 
I, I had a few um, just random deaths. Like, I died, and I was, like, full health. It was kind of irritating, but overall, it was fun. I haven't had 20 kills the entire time this game's been out. All you people listening out there that want to come do, like, cool racing and cooperative flying around and Core flight. capturing? Core capturing, yes. Come out and look me up. I need people to play with. These guys are violent. There's every core hugging hippie. <laughs> I love my core. <laughs> Don't take core. my core from me, man. <laughs> there's a there's a Woody Allen sleeper joke in there somewhere. Nope, over somewhere. My head. I, I don't I don't it's know where. Somewhere. But it's in there somewhere. We don't know where it is, but it's somewhere. It's somewhere. Okay. All right. So anyway, um, every Sunday, uh, six p.m. Pacific time, uh, come on out and uh, you know come out at any time. There's usually uh, folks out there um, uh, playing uh, most nights. Um, I know Ace, you guys are out there doing the Arma quite a bit, getting uh, prepared for the FPS stuff. And uh, yeah, we did some Arma. Yeah, earlier this week, um, we did really? a couple operations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot wow. of fun. I thought I thought John, you were um, you were eschewing the armor because of the uh, of all the the weird keyboard configurations. I was I I really hate the Bohemia Interactive Engine. Oh, like, it's clunky games, as all. As yeah, all get they're out. so bad. It's so irritating. It that's like what keeps me back from playing those games. But I just you know you seeing time though. Yeah, I know. So I mean, seeing so many people in the channel just convinced me that i needed to try it and i already had the game so i downloaded all the mods and um we did an operation on friday night and it was a lot of fun we had two separate teams with like four people on each and um we were doing mcc which is like dungeons and dragons yeah build your own missions yeah so easy was like the dungeon master against all the rest of us so he was like placing down units and I think he can control his own guy, right? Yep. Yeah, you can take control of your own your own player, and you can basically join the enemy forces and pick off uh, uh, the guys you're you're basically planning a mission for. Yeah. So he can place down units, and he can place down um, vehicles, and all that stuff. Um, and it basically turns it into Dungeons and Dragons, and it was really cool. Well, then we did. We also did the uh, the uh, motorcade ambush as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was fun. So, do you guys think that this uh, has better staying power than Planet Side Two? Uh, uh, they're I th- just completely different games. Yeah. Oh yeah, very different. I do think that there's much more um, uh, power for creativity. Oh yeah. The problem with Planet Side Two is that is that you really are are beholden to either capturing bases or killing dudes, and there's not a whole lot you can do beyond that. Mm. Um, Arma, because of the sandbox nature of the game, you can you know call down artillery, you can take bases, you can fly jets, helicopters, drive vehicles, snipe, you know close quarters combat, whatever. Um, Arma really is, the, is designed for you to make the game. Like yeah. they put the tools in there, and then you make it whatever you want it to be. So you set up the operations, and the the wealth of mods is just it's to the point where. I think Bohemia Interactive knows that they're just making a platform for people to build on. Oh yeah, the new map that's coming out, Tanoa. It's a new. It's like a jungle, 
like a Central American map. Ooh. They've talked about how like we're building a canvas for our modders. Like they've openly admitted that. Yeah, that sounds cool. All right. Well, um, sounds like uh, uh, we'll be playing that for a while. So um, if you're an Arma fan, uh, come on out and uh, and uh, join up. And uh, if you're not an Arma fan, come on out and uh, listen to the guys in chat, and um, maybe they'll convince you. Yeah, we have uh, our own server. Um, and if you need help with the mods, just uh, check the forums. I actually set up a Steam um workshop collection that'll let you just click a button to subscribe to all the steam mods and then there's a couple others that you need to download separately but it's really not that big of a deal cool all right well guys that's about it i think um if we were going to start an online arma community you know, we really have to come up with a better way to. Uh, <laughs> I like this. Engine. I say, I'm engine. running out of communities. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think if you're going to start an online community uh, organization for for a game, Engine is a great system to do it, and Arma would be a great game to do it for. Yeah, there's. I'm sure there are plenty of Arma Engine communities, and if you wanted to create your own, it's a good place to do it. It's easy to use. Don't even have to know any HTML. Drag and drop, module based. Enjan.com. All right. Uh, Ronald Jenkins, check him out at www.ronaldjenkins.com. Thank you, sir, for letting us use your fine music uh, to intro and outro our show. Uh, support Star Citizen, the base radio. Um, that is at, uh, well, there will be a link in the show notes, uh, where you can find a rebroadcast of the previous week's Versecast every Saturday afternoon, along with our, uh, our friend uh, Jimmy Croker doing his, um, uh, his uh, show. On, it's on Thursdays, right, Jimmy? I do the show live Thursday nights, 9 p.m., uh, PST. And then I do a rebroadcast, which sometimes is li- sometimes is live, but usually it's the Thursday nights taping. Oh, okay. um, on Saturday, uh, usually just before uh, Versecast. Um, this past week was an exception. Uh, I actually did a marathon of the first four episodes on Sunday. Now, did you do a rebroadcast, or was those are those recorded? Yeah, those were those were recorded. So okay. basically, um, I just taken the the first four because I, I like I said I record every Thursday night, and then if I'm not happy with the performance, then I'll I'll re-record and do it live on Saturday. But I've been getting better at it so i've been happier and happier with the with the shows uh the last like episode three episode four um so i didn't feel like i needed to re-record them um so i just mixed them and and put them up on saturday okay and you're going to find out for us um if there's some place where we can go to download um uh, previous episodes right or or listen there will there will not be a place to uh download previous episodes or listen on demand so for quantum drive uh, you got to be there live Thursday night, or you got to be there for Saturday. But here's the thing: if I'm not around on Saturdays, Saturday is not a a, a 100% guarantee. Um, Thursday night is every Thursday night, 9 p.m. PST. I'm doing the show live. I'm I'm in the chat channels. I'm I'm talking to everybody. I'm having a good time, and and we're we're seeing it in real time. Um, Saturdays, if I'm around, I put the show up. If I'm not around, it's not official. It's not an official day. It's a stealth rebroadcast. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, let's see. Yeah, and then we were going to try to find out if we could if we could hear the uh, the disco interview. Yeah, that I'll look for and see because that's different. Um, you know, one of the reasons why because uh, a lot of people have actually asked me about 
um, Quantum Drive and how they can listen to it later on. And the thing is, I'm playing copywritten music. Um, right. You know, and the the radio station license doesn't allow for that stuff to be downloaded. Got it. Got it. You know, I mean, it's it's really annoying because you know, of course, I grew up in a time where you had to actually listen to the radio all day just to hear the song right. you wanted to hear, maybe once or twice. And uh, I've gotten real used to just being able to go to YouTube and type in the song and listen to it. I'm taking it back old school, baby. I'm taking it yeah, back old school. Yeah, you are. All right. Well, and I am old school, and I am TGWS Gleep. Please do check the show notes for all of my contact details. Reach out and touch me. (laughs) Ew. Um, I am Jimmy Croker. Uh, You can find me at Twitter, uh, at Jimmy Croker. Uh, Again, you can find me every Thursday night, 9 p.m. PST, doing my show Quantum Drive, which is uh, really cool music and really cool Star Citizen lore mixed together. Uh, And email me at uh, jimmy at versecast.org. I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at the only Jonto on Twitter, as well as RSI and Versecast and all those places. You can email me at john at versecast.org. I'm Ace Azmine. You can find me uh, at uh, aceazmine87 at gmail.com. Uh, my in-game handle is xwingjockey, and my uh, name is Ace Azamine. Um, and on Steam, I'm Delandau87, D-I-L-A-N-D-A-U-8-7. Hey, Ace. Yes? How often do you check your Gmail? Pretty often. Once a week, at least. So you are not aware that you have your own Versecast email? Uh, I saw that. I... I guess I've, I've been using, <laughs> I just I've chose been not using, to use it. <laughs> I've been using this one, so has anyone emailed me at said Versecast email? Well, I don't you think should so. go find out. I, I, that, I, that would be your job to check that. <laughs> okay, I'll go take a look then after the episode. I'll have notes for you for you I next can take time. back your Versecast email if you don't want it. Okay. Ace. Okay. Ace. One of us. One of us. <laughs> Very cute. Go use your email. Okay. You can reach the podcast by email at comms at versecast. You see the way I just jumped right in there? Yeah, that was great. That was fancy. Took took the lead, yeah. Okay. Comms at versecast.org. Send us emails. Ask us questions. Cookie recipes. On Steam, we are those guys with ships hyphen versecast. Check us out. Join our group there. On Twitter, we are at versecast. So when uh, using that, follow us there. And uh, when tweeting cool Star Citizen stuff, please use the hashtag... TGWS and filter on that so that uh, you can see all of the cool stuff that the the folks are talking about and share them with one another and um, we can uh, see you tweeting back. Our Star Citizen organization is First Cast, Those Guys With Ships. You can find that at robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. Please do come check out our community webpage. It is at www.versecast.org. You can review us on iTunes, too. Then send us an email about it, and we will read your email on the air. Uh, there's one other thing. That there's Oh, um, what's the other thing that in there? there? Oh, yeah, on the Community Hub. Please look for us under the podcast section of the Community Hub and upvote us. We, uh, we are in the lead and pulling away. We need your help to seal the deal. We almost have 100 likes. Yeah. Nice. We're going to be the first triple-digit like podcast. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it a oh. lot. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, 
Until next time then, we are Those Guys With Ships, and this has been our community podcast. See you guys. Bye. See you later. See, Ace, we only torture you because we care. All right, I gotta wrap this up. I gotta pick my wife at the uh, at the airport. Come on, let's Fine. do this. Get out. <laughs> Enough of you, sir. Goodbye. <laughs>